told me. So I, at first, I don't know why I thought he was punching me. I literally thought he punched my back. And my back, my back, I had like a burning sensation. Like it was hot. Mm. I just thought my t-shirt was kind of wet. Then I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I've been stabbed. Oi, hear me out, man. Hi, welcome back to the Hear Me Out podcast. My name is Dean. This week we have a very special guest with us. Hi guys, my name is Habib. Thank you guys for having me today. So today we're going to be talking about a topic that's an ongoing issue, especially in London. Um, knife crime is, is huge. So in 2020, there were over 15,000 offences around knife crime and, and violence. And that's only on the rise. Um, so I've got Hamid in here to talk about some of his experience around knife crime. So, where do we start, Hamid? Growing up, because you're from a quite rough area of London, right, Peckham. What, what was it like growing up in Peckham as a kid? Did you come across many knife crime incidences? I mean, um, yeah, growing up in Peckham was kind of hard because it's like very gang-orientated. There's a lot of gang activity happening, mm. so like, um, we could just play in the, pl- play in the park, like, you just see like a group of boys covered up, masked up, riding around. So like from young you just see little clips and glimpses of, of like gang activity, night crime, or you see you come home from school, you see your area's got like blue tape with police all around it. So like um yeah, Greta the Peckham was kinda kind of the heart of like gang like culture and gang. So it life. sounds like you need to have your head on a swivel. So you needed yeah. to be aware of your surroundings, yeah? Yeah, literally because um so would you say that had an influence? Would you say that made you have to grow up before your time? So did yeah. that cut your childhood short? Yeah, so like, it wouldn't be as fun going outside to playing with your friends as in like just being young innocent kids that like was playing mm. run outs or playing football in a cage like that could just turn instantly to be like a cross crossfire or, or by accident or just walking around and getting in trouble by accident. So let me just touch on this. So um, would you find yourself going towards a gang for protection or not I wouldn't say a gang because I, I don't like that but a group of friends I, I know like I had a group of friends we grew up together because we were all from the same estate they classed us as a gang when we were not a gang we yeah. were just mates from the same estate um, so I don't really like that word gang per se but a group of we see a group of boys who automatically perceived to be a threat a gang anti-social behaviour that's how people perceive us looking from from the outside in, would you would you not agree? Yeah, I was reaching that step um, because it's like kids. Well, back then, it's either you're with them or you're basically against them. So like, kids will want to be on the safe side, even though they don't they don't really want to take part in any of the gang activity that is being led to be a part of this for protection wise or like just to feel safe on their state. And on the other hand, um, you could literally have a group of friends playing football, but then. Um, what the police is used to seeing a, a lot of people walk on the street they was act, act straight away call it a gang and then proceed to treat like gang members so it's it's, it's kind of a, like a loose loose it is right it's like it's really really scary for these youths up and coming today because they can't win either way they're perceived to be one way even if when they're not so uh, yeah I do feel like we need to change society's perception of our young people because not every young person in the hood is on antisocial behaviour. But at the same time, we do need to, to educate these young people. Yeah, at the same time, there is a lot of people that are. 
yeah. one time for behavior because you could literally be walking with a group of friends mm-hmm. and you could be you could see you could see another area that comes to you but they they just straight away see a group of people a group of boys mm-hmm. in the area that that area has heavy um, gang beef with them and then they'll just straight away assume that you're from that area and you're a part of that gang and then you could just be footballers and then next yeah. thing you're getting ambushed by rival gang members for being in the area which you live in so it's it's kind of tough growing up in um, in Peckham or anywhere in Southwark or London, even London really nowadays because it's like how do you really take yourself away from being in a gang or how do you like how do you, how do you not leave your how do you not leave your childhood normally it's, yeah you make a great point there. Um, how do you live your life without being part of that and feeling safe at the same time because like like you said like whether we like it or not we're going to come across these people who are engaging in these anti-social behaviors whether we like it or not we might even be friends with some of them they, yeah and that's sometimes your friends take the wrong way wrong yeah. but yeah it's going to happen and educating young people is the key moving forward so i, I on that point i just would like to speak about i know we've had this conversation many times before so i know you've actually experienced night crime firsthand would you like to, would did you mind elaborating yeah on um so this happened that? in 2017 mm-hmm. i was eight at the time and literally it was over our back over our back like it was a bad back i just had it my parents bought it for me and this is riding around it was like a tuesday afternoon Riding back home, actually, on my road, like on my road in my state, I live in Lupus, my state, like this is like, I, I don't think there's actually any, any cameras in that state, actually. So, is that near like Foster Estate? Yeah, 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 literally on the, but yeah, so I was riding home, and then a group of males just appeared randomly in front of me, mm-hmm. saying, it was just eyeing my back. I just knew it was ready from when it's looking down my back, it wasn't looking at me, looking at my back, it was a fresh bike. Double disc brakes, like eight gears on both sides, like it's but you know what? So it's like they ask me, Oh, can you ride it? I'm thinking, oh, I don't even know you guys can't see your faces first of all. So yeah, you don't you don't wanna you don't so really wanna ride it. Car, yeah, the women better car, so you don't really wanna ride it, you actually wanna take yeah. it and ride it away yeah. with it. So at first I was kinda like, No, you can't ride it, no, no, no. And then I feel like from them they felt like I was trying to like belittle them and then it's got frustrated. Mm. And then in a flash they brought out a knife and a taser. And then from that, that's when I realised that, yeah, I'm actually, like, being... This is happening, Rogues yeah. with, like, yeah. weapons and stuff like that. So I couldn't, like, at that point, I felt like there was no going back. I couldn't really... Um, so, so, yeah, so at that moment in time, what, what was going through your head? Was it was it just, I've got to get out of this situation? Yeah, I was trying to, I think, I was trying to think, how can I get out, of this, get out of this, like, in the safest possible? But mm. it's like, because they've made them out already that are, um, I'm being rude to them, or I'm not giving them back, I'm trying to mock mm. them for their friends. I think like they probably thought oh, I've got to pick a plate now because I've said no, I'm not with my back and then they wanna show that their gang members to their other friends. So then um yeah, I don't think there's anything I could have done at that point. But yeah, they tried to attack me, tried to stand in my chest and I fell off the bike and then was scrumming on the floor, then they managed to stab my leg. But at that point I said I just had to maneuver my way out of the situation. I got out, started running my road, I actually literally had to run past my house. Like literally run past the house, I couldn't run home because like out, I didn't want yeah, yeah, to fair, I didn't bring yeah. rest in yeah in my family's home like mm. so um I ran to like a big park with like Burgess Park it was, like across the yeah, road from like, well, my yeah. estate and eventually I just couldn't run no more like my leg was bleeding down my leg and then um I was just tired I was so tired I just thought 
I thought I'd stop running and try and face the attackers. And then when they approached me, I tried to disarm them. My car was so weak and tired, I completely missed him. Mm. And then he just held me inside. At first, I don't know why I thought he was punching me. I literally thought he was punching my back. Because well, I couldn't, because it's, it's all like, it's adrenaline, and it's just all like, feeling mm. the moment. You don't really know what's going on. Like, you couldn't, I, feel like I couldn't even see what's going on at that point. And then, yeah, next thing I just fall on the floor. And my back, my back, I had like a burning sensation, like it was just hot. Mm. I could just feel my t-shirt was kind of wet. Then I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I've been stabbed. I literally like just limped across like the main road. And then luckily, I don't know how, I saw my friend like, driving. Um, I think it was going home actually, mm. driving. And he literally saw me, I just waded down. And he literally just pulled over to me. And he took me um, to King's College, which was like probably two miles away from where it happened. But I remember sitting in the car, in the back of the car, like, the journey felt like it was an hour. Yeah. Really, really well, shoot. Well, that was going to say, what was going through your Yeah, really, like, everyone was so fast-paced. Like, just, like, did it feel I was like hot, you know, I was cold, and then... Did you feel like you, 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 you might have been dying? Or, or, I know it sounds yeah, the, the, extreme, it, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, your your mind plays, like, your, your mind plays, your mind is very powerful. Like, yeah. It takes you to so many different places. So, like, mm. I'm thinking, am I going to die? Like, I'm, I'm not I'm sure I'm going to die. My heart's fine. Like, yeah. I'm sort of thinking so many, like, because the journey felt... Like it was the hour, yeah. my brain went through so many different phases. Like mm. so, eventually when we got there, um, I walked into reception screaming for help, screaming for help. But they thought I got stabbed like in, in my front. Yeah. So when they put me on the, on the bed, I, was like, I started shouting like, no, 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 it's all in my back and my leg. Mm. And then they put me on my side and then they rushed me to the to the uh, to the room or the emergency room. And then yeah, that's 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 literally it. Do you remember much from the emergency room? Like Yeah, know. just bright lights and everyone's around you and eventually police come because when you get stabbed, they call the police first okay. before the ambulance come so that they can um so the police can they can assess it if the area is safe for the ambulance to come in. So when the police came, they always ask me, Oh, is anyone gonna come back to come and kill you again? Oh kill you again. But yeah. Is anyone come to stab you yeah. again? And things like that. But um yeah, there's a lot of people it's around it's like, it's like it's just loud, like I don't know if you guys ever watched that Hopi City, like, it's just loud noises, white. How did it affect your family? Like, like yeah. your mother must have been really shocked. Yeah, she was, she, she was distraught, like, she couldn't even believe it, like, she couldn't believe mm. it at all. Like, I'm the middle child, and she's like, she just couldn't believe that. Mm. over her back. She's like, that's, that's what, like, really touches the most, like. So you hit a nail on the head, so in hindsight, would you just give them the In hindsight, now? I would even, in a flash, it's like, it's not worth it. It's not worth, it's not worth, it's it, not worth right. anything, really, mm-hmm. it's not worth anything. So going through all of that must be pretty dramatic. Like, so yeah. how did it affect your mental, mental, mental health and physical health in the months after? It's like, you just suffer from like, that minor things like PTSD or like anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, you just wake up and you're just like nervous for no reason. Or you're nervous to go outside or like, um, anytime you see someone like, slightly covering their face, you're just kind of like, Mm. kind of hesitant to go next to them or something like that. I used to like um, listen to music all the time with my headphones in. Like I don't, I, I, I stopped wearing headphones because mm. I feel like you um, want to be around, you want to hear what I'm saying. From behind, yeah. 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 And also I feel like if I wear headphones, people know that I've got a phone and they might want to take my phone. Okay. So I stopped yeah, wearing headphones yeah, yeah. for that reason. Like, so those small little things that you just start doing, like you start changing your whole routine, but eventually like, um, I then I fell in um, with Ross and the Team Foundation is shooting you and literally became a mentor to me and started guiding me mm. how to deal with my trauma and my PTSD and 
and yeah, eventually you, just become yeah, a Yeah, I remember the trip when we went away and, yeah. and, you, and you opened up about how you had, had what kind of mind space you'd been in and how you didn't really like to socialise, but coming away and opening up and being in that new space. Yeah. I can really see you exhaling and, and, and now, a couple of years on, uh, I'm proud to say I'm, you're, I'm working alongside you now and you're my yeah. colleague, so you've gone from leaps, like you've literally, literally hit the ceiling and gone through it. So yeah, well done. <laughs> Congratulations for that. But on, the, on let's keep to the subject. So, it, it, PTSD, it, does it ever really go? Like, so, I, no. I, I, know, I know, I know you said. No, I don't know. So yeah, I see you still deal with it. Yeah, today, I don't think right? that like it's not like it's not like you've got a belly ache. It's not like I can't give that paracetamol and you, you yeah. recover. It's like mm. it's 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 not really cured to it. Eventually, I think like you just have to manage with it. Right. And you just incorporate yeah. it into your like day to day life. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, not, it's not really like a thing that least completely goes. It's just mm. you just deal with it. And it's like oh, you just make it you make it you make it little to you. Like you just shrug it off. Yeah. Like, to get it. like I can't really like explain it as in like. Um, it's gone, it was there mm. before and it's gone, but it's like, I just don't give it that much energy no more. And, and you shouldn't, because it's negative energy, yeah. you should only think about positive energy and, and what you are doing, the way the career you're carving out for yourself, even in football world. So yeah, you've got too many positive things to think about to, to try. And, but like what like the mind does, like you said, it's a tricky thing and it just sometimes like something might trigger you and you might be back there or you might be reliving certain yeah, things. Yeah, like, yeah, you also, at the end of the day, we're actually, we are human and there's only, there's only so much strength you can actually hold in you. Mm. So, so there's times where you might relapse or you might just have like a little episode of like, oh, you get scared because you don't know who that person is because yeah. nowadays people are, um, in COVID, nowadays people are just wearing masks yeah. for fun or for yeah. fashion nowadays. Yeah. Like, so it's like, um, you do, Get like some little episodes where you're like kind of scared of like oh, mm. I can't really see the guy's face. I, I, I don't like say that. I wouldn't say scared. Not scared, but like yeah, you thought. Yeah, you think yeah. about it. Yeah. No, yeah. I always say yeah, yeah. You're not scared, but you think about it. Like, yeah. Your, your mind keeps you back. Yeah. To when you, mm. you've been attacked before, like yeah. So it's like those little things that happen here and there. So what do you think is causing this um, knife crime drive? Would you say this post these postcode wars? Is, is, yeah, is, is, postcode wars. Like, it's, it's, it's a few things. Like I don't want to see music too much, but I feel like music has a part to oh, play. So that like, like, this new uh, genre of drill music yeah, kind of part. Yeah. I don't think it's a it's a it's a main cause because I feel like many draw artists use it for like their sort of income, their sort of, of way out. Yeah. But then again, they are still glamorizing it to the kids that are not no, where I'm they are in, in, in places like Peckham or mm. anywhere in London. So it's like, I feel like we've got to start from where, start from schools. Yeah. And like, Prevention's better than yeah, cure, right? So, so if we can get them early enough. Um, so this is the next point I wanted to speak on. So we work on the SHARP program, which is an anti-knife program where you go into schools. Would you like to talk a bit about that? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so the NAF, the, the SHARP project is basically about, um, I, me and my colleague Tolu, we go into schools and then we give our experiences on knife crime and then we try to like, we open the floor to the kids mm -hmm. and ask us questions, any questions, whatever they want to do, how we, how, how it happened or, and we give them advice about things like how to prevent, why you shouldn't carry a knife or like, pros and cons and, and just give them a real like mm. first Inside, experience yeah. from knife crime and how it affects just like you like the whole community yeah so but um it is hard because it's like some of these kids literally have no choice and it's like 
What do you tell someone who's fearing for their life because they're in fear that they're going to yeah. be? Yeah, I couldn't. Like, at the end of the day, I can only actually advise someone yeah. like because I can't generally feel what they what they what they're feeling or what's yes. going in the situation. So it's like it's very really hard for me to say, don't do carry a knife or don't even like because like they're witnessing something that I can't even like yeah. help them to perform because yeah, but. All but I can do is advice and just try. At that age, everything in front of you seems like the end of the world when yeah. really and truly you've got your whole life ahead of you, right? Yeah. So uh, what you do in that moment can affect your whole future. That's what I try to tell these young kids. Like, don't let a minute of madness control, like, or, yeah, basically make you do something that's going to make you regret your whole... Yeah, yeah it's going to be like, a, what's the word? like a stain on your record for the rest of your life. There's no excuse. Like, I know carrying a knife, some people say they use it for protection, but the stats are proven you're more likely. You might have to get help with a knife and right. Exactly. So this is what we do for the 12 round program as well, as we try to educate young people using the sport of boxing and educate. So we never, what's the word? We never promote violence, but if you have to defend yourself, and that is the last resort, we would prefer you to use your fist rather than knife. And this is what yeah. I try to tell these young kids. So, so like, like, violence should only be the last resort. And that's when, literally, you're using violence to protect yourself. Yeah. That's the only time I could condone the violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. And yeah, um, no, I just feel like nowadays kids think they like want to be Superman. Or they, they don't want to be deemed as a... As a meek, they'll call themselves it. or a geek yeah. or, or whatever, 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 yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. they want to call themselves. So it's like, they rather like show their friends that oh, I've got a knife, I'm not scared of no one. But deep down in their heart, they know that they don't even want to carry this, let alone want to use it. Exactly. So it's like that culture of like trying to be some, something that you're not full of friends, it needs to get attacked at first time. But it's like, it's a work of progress at the end of the day. And so how do you think we can prevent this, man? Some more, 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 more role models? Do you, do you yeah, more, more, yeah, more role models, more things in schools. Like, I feel like it's, it's all through your schools. Mm. I feel like from secondary school, that needs to get taxed properly. I feel like schools shouldn't shy away to talk about knife crime, even mm. though they don't want to implement it, implement it in their school yeah. and try and make it a, a, a topic. They should actually like, make it known that we are like, against knife crime and we've yes. got things here to help you prevent uh, against it. But it's like, some schools are actually scared because I think um, Ross has actually had to reach out to some schools and mm. they don't really want to get their kids involved in that crime. But it's a reality in London, so yeah. like you can't really shy away from it. If, if we, yeah, like you said, prevention is, is better than them. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head with yeah. what you're saying about some kids don't want, I and mean, some schools don't want to associate themselves or or be seen t- t- like they had a problem with nine yeah. crime. And it's not, and as we try to tell the schools, it's not that you want the problem. It's, you're helping the problem. Yeah. So you're preventing these kids who could potentially leave your school and commit knife crime. Or you know, So it's not that you have an issue, you're, you're preventing an issue. Yeah. So it, it, we try and tell these schools, but some of them are like, oh, they don't want to associate themselves with yeah, because there's a stigma behind it. Yeah, but if, if we don't address this issue, it's only going to get worse and worse. Yeah, and that's, that's the problem with, with, with schools. Trying to, make, trying, to, like, trying to explain to a school that we actually want to offer you more services like mm. extracurricular activities after school and like things for kids to do or ways to um better kids behavior in school like yeah. we're, not, we're not going to school just to talk about knife but i kind of like 
give other options, other pathways to, to yeah. deal with things. This is it. Just over the knife hand, but it's like, how do you get that across to a school? You just hit the nail on the head. So. Time to reel it in. Oh, look, it's that time again. We're going to have to reel it in. We've got so much more to say on this topic still, so we're going to continue this conversation in next week's episode. Please stay tuned, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Hamid, for coming. Thank you, guys. It's been fun. Okay. It's that time again. Time to wrap it up. Um, so, if there's any issues that you were suffering from about the discussion we had today, we're going to leave some support links in the bio. Please go in. So, what did we take away from today's episode? Um, just another way to prevent yourself if you've ever been attacked or been approached by someone with knives. I just say, just give it whatever you've got, whatever possession it is. It's not worth your life. You can always replace it and just live another day. Huge words, huge words from the man himself, and I'd have to echo them as well. So, any personal possession can be replaced. Your life can't. So, don't let pride be 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 your downfall. Give her, give her over. Like literally, it's not worth it. There's so much more to talk on. So please tune in for next week's episode where we'll be continuing our conversation surrounding knife crime. Until next week, take care. Bye from me. Bye everyone.